0: It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self.
1: Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're gonna
0: learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Create Better at Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better health, better family, better business, and better self. And my guest today is an incredible woman. Uh, uh, I just recently discovered that she lives in the same uh, vicinity as I do, and I'm just so delighted to have her. She is the founder and CEO of Spread Em, a delicious plant-based product line that I was so thrilled to have discovered uh, I think last year, and then I discovered her and I were in the same book together called Pursuit 365, and this woman, Melissa Mills, started her business on her kitchen table as a weekend farmer's market hustle, and her business exploded across Canada in five years, almost five and a half now. And it grew from a $500 uh, sales to $5 million. And from her kitchen table to a building that she started that is over 20,000 square foot now. And Melissa is proving that you can have your cake and eat it too. And her mission is to do as much good as possible. And that goes beyond the taste of her products. She contributes to her community near and far, donating to several children's programs, ranging from breakfast clubs to gardening education to mentorship and and I cannot wait to share her passionate heart with you. And, you know, growing up, her family relied on food bank donations and breakfast clubs at school. So these programs are really near and dear to her heart. And um, the Spreadham Kitchen grows as they grow. They hope to leave people and places better than they found them. And they hope to shake things up in big companies along the way as they prove that doing good can also be profitable. And I want to say welcome, Melissa.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Elaine. I'm very excited to be here.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. How are you doing today, Melissa?
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Thursdays are a good day. Not too much going on. I get to chat with you. It's actually uh, a little cooler than it has been. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Now, you have a, a busy two-year-old. Tell us about Ben.
1: Yeah, Ben's great. He's uh, he's chatting up a storm. He's getting into things. He's obsessed with motors and battery-operated things and, like, taking them apart. It's like we have a a, a lawnmower that is uh, rechargeable with a battery. And all he wants to do is, like, take the battery what? apart and, like, figure it out. His favorite toys are the blender, uh, the coffee grinder. <laughs> uh, he loves like playing in the sink and kind of just like doing doing things on his own, you know, like wow. most two-year-olds. But um, yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. Cool. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Blender sounds dangerous. So is lawnmower. But I, love- <laughs> I know. I know. We're
1: not like totally like we don't leave him unsupervised, but we do let him help. He makes his own smoothie. We like supervise him. He wow. puts all the stuff in. He turns the dial. Love know? it.
0: It's fascinating, right? That's a lot of STEM learning. Being a former school teacher, I am like Mm -hmm. right on good on him. Like as a future like engineer, uh, biochemist. Yeah.
1: I'm hoping physicist. My poll is for theoretical physicist. Um, My husband says that's a lot of pressure. and.
0: I don't know. I think he's naturally hitting that way. It sounds incredible. He sounds adorable. You'll have to show me a picture later. Mm-hmm. I, I just such a great age, right? Two is like when you just mm-hmm. you're the whole world is brand new and just opening up. And what I I think is such a great time for us moms and parents of the two year old is seeing things again for the first time. It's so exciting.
1: The wonder, that- right? just on the hose or like a bug or what's that spider web you're like oh this is a spider web but then you really start looking at it again yeah it's very cool
0: yeah very cool a, a very great reminder just how incredible beauty is around us right like things we have taken for granted because we're not two anymore <laughs> no we're not <laughs> Melissa I I would love for you to share with our listeners, your story, because you obviously didn't wake up and say, Hey, I'm going to create these plant-based product line that is just going to fly off the shelves and and just hit the market across the country. So how, how did it happen? Was it something like you were interested in when you were a child? And
1: yeah, f- I guess, I think for all of us now, like looking back now, it makes so much sense, but in the moment, of course, it doesn't make any sense. And I think my entire life was preparing me in some way for this product. It it happened to be all of my greatest interests and joys and passions kind of rolled into one. And I'd say for most of my life, I did resist doing something in food, even though my sister was always saying to me, you should do something with food. You're so naturally gifted at cooking or creating flavors or, or something like that. But to me that always meant like a chef or a restaurant and I never I never wanted that as my lifestyle. So I couldn't put the two together, but I never thought of inventing a product before. Cause that also feels really far away. When you go to the grocery store and you see soup and dips and it doesn't feel any, like an easy thing to do. It feels like there's a lot of barriers. So I think that, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Ontario. We, my mom was a single mom. We didn't have a lot of money And we relied on the food bank and a lot of things. We didn't have cable, but we did have the CBC. And there was a show called the urban peasant, where the guy on there would cook things. And he would always say, use what you got. If you don't have this type of lettuce, then just open your fridge, anything green will do that sort of a mentality of use what you got really was instilled in me early on. And I would say that, that was something I did in anything. So because we didn't have money, I was I became a maker. I wanted a longboard because everybody had longboards, but I couldn't my mom wouldn't buy me one. So I found a piece of wood, found somebody to help me cut it out, I added, you know, trucks to it, I got myself a longboard. So I think those sorts of things were really helpful in building who I am, which then helped empower me to start this business later on. So then, at the time of Spreading of his birth, I was actually a struggling artist. I I had worked many different jobs here and there, mostly maybe grocery stores or um, restaurants as a server and certain things, trying to, you know, figure it out what what was going to work for me. And you know, I'd been fired many times before. I wasn't that great a waitress. I mean, I had great personality, but I really sucked at memorizing the orders. I'd often give people the wrong stuff. Great. Well, thankfully, my personality was enough most times to win them over, and they'd be like, "Okay, Mel's choice. You know, we'll just we'll just have what you brought us because you're so sweet. You know." And um, but that wasn't always great for business. I'm I'm sure. Um, so it was just a certain characteristics it. like that. But I'd always wanted to do something that would be giving or something where I felt like I was making the world a, a better place. But I was always struggling. So I ne- I was always living paycheck to paycheck. And I didn't know how I could make that happen. So what I decided was that, oh, and another thing I will note that maybe a lot of people can relate to or not, is that I never really believed in myself. I know I always felt that oh, even though I went to school for marketing and advertising, I never really applied for any of those kinds of jobs, because I was like, oh, I'm just not good enough. I don't think I'm smart enough to do it. Or I don't think anyone's going to hire me because I don't have nice clothes to show up to an office setting. I, I don't fit in there. I always had this belief about myself, um, which made me avoid the things that maybe I thought that I could be really good at. Um, and so what I ended up doing one day was just going like, you know what, I need to quit everything. I just need to go and ponder my existence Uh, Maybe South America is pretty cheap, right? So hopefully I'll get like a a lightning strike moment. This is before I had a kid. A lightning strike moment of like, okay, Melissa, this is your passion. Just follow it. Here's here's the direction you should be going. And so I didn't have much money, so I started making these dips, um, and I thought, okay, I'll sell them at the farmers market, and that's what I did. And after my very first farmer's market, we sold out in about two hours. And, you know, the farmer's markets are about five or six hours long. We made $500, um, which was a lot because most of my paychecks were like $500 a week kind of thing. So I was like, "Whoa! I just made $500 in two hours. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But more importantly than the monetary sort of gain was the people's response. Now, that was the thing that really lit me up where people were like, Wow, this stuff tastes so good because we are giving out samples. I've never tasted anything like this in my life. There's so much flavor. The ingredients are so good. Um, I have all these allergies. I can't eat a lot of processed foods or, or things in general. And thank you so much for making this. Wow. And from there, it went to, getting phone calls because i put my personal phone number because i didn't have an office obviously on business cards that i excitedly printed up and i was getting calls of people saying like can you meet me in the starbucks parking lot like i ate all three dips i bought i need 20 more i want to put them in my freezer because i'm really afraid i'll never see you again and these are the best things i've ever tasted
0: love that like
1: whoa this is so cool you know um and then i thought to myself I don't need to go to South America. I don't think I really feel like in some small way, making these little dips is actually bringing joy and health to people. And I'll just sell them at the farmer's markets forever. I really like that lifestyle. I like the interactions at the farmer's markets. Um, the money was really good for me. I think it was like around $50,000 or so at the end of the year, which was a lot. My current wage before that was 19 to 20 like I was living in poverty my almost my entire life as a single person so that was very validating for me and I was just Absolutely. like that's all I'm gonna do I'm just gonna do this um but then people just kept knocking you know people were like well I want to get this more often can you go into a couple of stores all the while I've, I I didn't have a car so I'm picking up everything on my bike I'm delivering wow. my bike um I'm renting Motos uh, for farmers markets and those sorts of things. Like I really did it with little investment, like very little investment Um, because I was afraid. I was like, Ooh, I've never had money. I don't know how to really use money. So I'm just going to spend as little as possible all the time. Um, not, Not skimping on the ingredients, of course, because that was my main pillar for even doing this is that there's so much terrible food that shouldn't be considered food in the grocery store wow. um, that it pains me to see that we're in such a critical state and I just didn't want to skimp on that of course um, so after that we just uh, started I went around on my bike to a couple grocery stores and I asked them hey I have this product what do I have to do to sell it I know you have like a local program what does it look like and tell me more about it so we got into a five stores famous foods was one of the first stores um greens market um and a few other ones around town and I was happy with that you know I had about five grew to ten stores did all on my bike but then it just kept growing like organically I mean I was hustling obviously I was trying to get as many people to try this as I possibly could and I realized that like this could be something bigger at that point I realized I thought to myself hey maybe I could make this the next Vega. I don't know. Sky's the limit because I have nothing to lose. I felt, you know, I, I really didn't put much into it except for every piece of me. But at the time I didn't think that was a lot because that's, I was just used to me being who I am and, you know, doing that thing. And and then it just sort of grew. It grew to 60 stores. I got myself a, a used Ford Focus wagon. I used to stuff it full of boxes and deliver it all around town, go back, start making it. I hired my first couple employees uh, working out of a commissary kitchen as well. So it was very little um, overhead. You know, That's I just fun. had a, ta- a table and a rack and access to a cooler. And I was still using a Vitamix for a very long time, I will say, probably longer than I should have. But at, at some point, I think I, I upgraded to a big uh, filling machine after crying and almost quitting at 3 a.m. being like, I can't hand fill these anymore. I just have to quit. I can't. And my husband's like, why don't you get a filling machine?
0: Wow. But
1: it feels so, for me, where I was at, with especially with money, it felt so scary because I was like, well, you know, a filling machine is $3,000. At this point, I had $3,000 in savings. I was just like, I don't know if I want to put it all in. But my husband's like, well, what's the alternative? It's like you have such high demand, you'll make that money back in like, but i wasn't used to doing these types of calculations like i have a zero business training i have a good gut instinct but when it comes to actually spreadsheets i mean i just had to learn that as i went so i, I didn't know even setting the price i just kind of went into the store and i was like okay what does it look like most people will buy a product similar to this for okay what's my cost okay i guess i'll sell it for 699 you know or something or hope that it ends up on the store at 699 Eventually, I learned about margins and break-evens and all that stuff, but I wasn't concerned with that at the time because I wasn't thinking too big. I was thinking big, but I wasn't getting myself overwhelmed with all these things that could flood in, and I was just having fun. That would cause
0: you to actually stop before you even start, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes. I was just kind of thinking about, this is really fun. I like sharing this with as many people as possible, and it looks like I'm – making money after taxes and, and all the things. And it seems to be working. It wasn't until later where I needed to get my own space because we were busting out of the seams uh, at this commissary space that I was like, started you know, learning more about proper business practices in terms of like, you know, all the spreadsheets and to keeping ca- kept track of costs. I mean, I did hire a bookkeeper very early on, which I do highly, highly recommend because that's, of course, I'm very disorganized. I'm actually a creator. Guess, yes, I'm a I'm a whirlwind. I like you know I'm I'm very neat and tidy, but I'm also explosive. And I get these ideas, and I just kind of run with them, and everything else will fall to the side when yes, I'm I in that in that mode or whichever. So yeah, that's sort of my business. Long, Long story
0: short, <laughs> no. beautiful, incredible stories with so many great tidbit uh, nuggets there, like. I I love that you said, you know, early in the start, you, you know, you learned from the urban peasant on that cooking show. And I love that you said, you know, use what you got and, and, you know, whether it's, you know, with your recipes, like just using what you have to, to even in, in, in your entrepreneurial walk and journey, right. You were using what you, you had around, right. Whether it was your bicycle to, to get from A to B or, or your ingredients, or your awesome Vitamix, who lasted for years, that lasted for years. And I, I love that you said that. And I love that you were a maker, right? Your story showed that you know you were an innovator from the start with making that longboard, to, to just just keeping, you know, your business to to taking it to where it is. Incredible, incredible story, Melissa. I love it. Love it so much, and so inspiring. And you know. I know being an entrepreneur myself that I make a lot of mistakes along the way, but I I embrace them and I let my kids see me go through those uh, because I I hope it's the lessons they learn from watching me pick myself up and uh, with the scraped knees and everything. And I would love if you could think of one mistake that you had done in your entrepreneurial journey and what did you learn from it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a different spin on mistakes, maybe than you, but I will say something I consistently do is probably undervalue myself and what I know, and trusting my gut. Because I am such a visceral person, like I am really in tune with myself. I have some pretty magical moments in the universe where I'm attracting certain things that that I instantly think of. And my husband's like, this is freaky. Um, but I, in our physical world, it doesn't always get validated, like education gets validated or certificates get validated. But sometimes just this deep sense of knowing or your intuition, it feels wishy-washy. And so I don't always trust my gut. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, this is what I want to do. But maybe this person knows better. So I'm going to pay $5,000 for a consultant that then ends up handing me something that I could have done better or that I already knew. Mm. And so after having a couple of experiences like that, where I'm not fully just trusting myself, Mm. um, I've decided that every time I have a moment like that, I'm going to try to produce it myself first, you know, like really take the time to understand and execute that plan. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to go and try to find uh, some kind of expert
0: no i love it i love it and and you know that that is such good advice like we we often don't trust ourselves and but we we do we need to listen to our gut because you you need to start somewhere right and and try it yourself first and then knowing that you you attempted it and if it didn't work then also ask for help. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I love that. I would love for you to give an example though, that you're saying that, you know, sometimes you get this innate feeling of got to do this and the universe just lines up. Can you give an example of what you're talking about?
1: Oh, I have so many from really small to really huge. Like, okay. okay, So when I first started out, I, I only had enough money to buy one cooler. And I was thinking almost every single day, like, focus, I guess it's probably the key to um, kind of manifesting anything, uh, well, where am I going to get these coolers? I need two more. Oh gosh. You know, and then days and days went by and then one day I was just biking and then I found two perfectly almost brand new coolers abandoned in the Rona parking lot in East van. There were no cars around or anything. I went over there, checked it out. They looked good. So I just put them on my bike and I took them Wow, <laughs> you know, like something small <laughs> like that. Another situation would be with the IGA early on. Um, I was like, I put IG, I had, I used to have this flip blank, paper flip chart like that schools often have or seminar people and I used to call it sort of my vision board and I would just write on it like what I'm looking for or what am I asking for and I was looking for the buyer for IGA and her name was like Ariana something or other so I wrote it on the board and I circled it and you know within I don't know a week or two weeks I ended up with an email uh, from IGA from ariana actually uh saying hello we're interested in your products wow we'd like to invite you to a meeting to discuss you know potential procurement of that product so just things like that
0: fantastic they
1: they still happen all the time little 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 things like here and there but yeah i think focus is probably
0: and and vision right like if like i i love what you said that you you wrote it down you put it on a chart whether it's a, like, you know, a vision board or um, there's so many names for these boards, but yeah. some, it, 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 there are so many studies that show that, you know, it's more likely to happen if you write it down because, you know, you're telling yourself your whole body, your mind, your actions are aiming towards this goal, that target, because if, if you don't do that, then it's just aimless and and kind of confusing and chaotic because very easily can we fill our days with busyness, but go nowhere. So I, I love that you said, write it down. I love it. I love your. You're probably
1: more likely to talk about it too. So, I mean, if it's at your, the top of your mind, it, you know, you know one person who knows five people, you know, five people. And you happen to mention IGA or, you know, it may be in passing. Like I don't actually know what
0: transpired
1: outside of my little bubble to have this happen, but you know, it's just that little,
0: you know, talking about the stuff that you want. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love it. So keep talking about what you want. Write it down. As I, I know our, our listeners are, are taking everything you're saying in, and if they're driving, I hope they pulled over to write those things down. <laughs> the good thing about podcasts, you can listen to Yeah, it. you can, yeah, re-listen, yeah. <laughs> in in your, your biography, you say that, you know, you want to do as much good as possible and that doing good, can also be profitable. I love this. Now, often women in business and women entrepreneurs, we we undervalue our our, our offerings, what our worth is, and whether it's a product or a service. But I, I'd love to ask you, Melissa, if you could say there's one or two or three key things or must dos to make profit in in selling. Well, because you're a product based, let's say with a product what would you say and I love that you do everything with integrity that that's one beautiful thing I admire so much about you Melissa is is that integrity that just exudes from all that you do so thank you for that
1: I think I think that's the start to be honest I think finding your passion. I know that's like a term that people always talk about, but it's not just your passion. I suppose it's something that you are so natural at could be speaking, it could be comforting people, it could be making stuff, it might be colors, taking that thing that gives you goosebumps that lights you up that you could talk for days and days about, and then channeling it into something that someone else could find value in. So specifically for me, my passion is healthy eating, like, but not just the eating part, it's the the nutrients, it's the healing of the body. Like when I was younger, as well, I had problems when my, you know, with food bank food at the time, back in the 90s, it was like, old stale stuff, a lot, a lot of like refined, bad carbohydrates, uh, soy margarine. My mom would get, she didn't have any knowledge on how to nourish kids. She was just kind of buying the t- cheap feeling stuff, hot dogs, bologna, mayo, and, and all of that kind of stuff. I had terrible, terrible stomach aches. I had severe depression as a kid. I'm sure it was related to some other issues, um, as well, but, um, I wasn't feeling good. And, I started eating better when I had the knowledge about eating more fruits and vegetables, eating more whole foods. When I became 12 or 13, I became a vegetarian And I changed within months of that, I actually healed myself, I was just a sunnier person, I stopped getting these awful pains, um, and all this stuff. So it's just that I have this integrity related to the power of nourishment that I just so deeply believe in. And I believe everyone should have access to that. Everyone should be tapping into that. And everyone should be making that a priority. Because without good food and fuel going into your body, you're not going to have a clear mind you Mm. might suffer from depression or from an inability to have the energy to execute your dreams. So many times we're just like, I'm too tired. I want all this stuff, but I just can't make, I can't make myself go. Like you, there's this frustration and all that comes from what you put in your body. It also comes from relationships too. And like, you know, what are you feeding yourself? Mm. Um, And so with that integrity, I've then gone and also love colors. I come from a a line of like uh, artists and music, and I love colors. And you'll notice like each one of my products has its own bright color. Um, And on our website, it's vibrant, vibrant, beautiful colors that all uh, kind of interact together. So I think it's like it might sound so stupidly simple to just take your most easy thing that you love and don't worry about making money necessarily. Like, Of course, you have to make money in order to make it a thing, but in the beginning, early, early stages, I don't know where your listeners are at with their business, or maybe they are pivoting with something, but like, focus on doing the best, making the best quality and putting all of your passion into whatever it is that you're doing. It could be making socks. It could be a service, um, something like that. And from there, there will be value. Don't worry about the price. Like obviously sell it for something that you can make money on. But I mean, if it's high, if it's a high price, don't let that inhibit you. Like there was a time. So when I was going directly to um, grocery stores, I was selling it. So it would be six ninety nine on the on the shelf. <clears throat> and that was still high. That was a dollar higher than everything else. And I was kind of nervous about it. Then there was one store, Mineheart's. They started selling it for $7.99. And my heart sunk. I was just like, "Oh no, no one's ever gonna buy it." Like I'm already, I don't think I already feel like six ninety nine is a bit high. Like no one's ever gonna buy for seven ninety nine. And sure, the turns were slower at that store, but people were still buying it. Well, hell, I got into distribution. I had to. They increased the price by two dollars, so now it's sometimes sold for eight or nine ninety nine. And I was just like, "Darn, you know what? I guess." I'll just stay a small company because, you know, some people will buy it, but I'm sure it's out of some people's budgets. It's not my fault. It's just through the, you know, the chain of people having to distribute it. They take more money. And I was OK with that because I was just happy with being able to make a a, a living from what I was doing and, and sending it out there. Well, you know what? People start buying. it. People were buying it. You know, like I had nothing to do that. I did not ever interrupt the integrity. I didn't try to like use canola oil to bring the price down. I just accepted that that's the price. And I'm just going to keep getting as many people to taste it as possible because I know it's a really good product. It's good for them. It's good tasting. It's very easy to incorporate into meals and to feel good about feeding your family. So I would say, I mean, this is a pretty uh, long-winded three points. (laughs) But I would say just have integrity and make sure that the thing that you're doing is that you're not looking at money. You're not looking at the, so I'd say like money is a a fluid concept to me. I see it as a tool. I don't see it as yeah. an end result. I see it as a means to get somewhere else. And I used to be against money. Like, you know, growing up, on social services and and sort of all these things. As a kid, you become kind of like a communist type. You become a socialist in a sense. And you kind of, you know, you don't like money because people with money are bad people. But Mm -hmm. like money personifies whoever you are. So if you're a really good person, having more money is just going to give you the tools and the means Mm -hmm. to do more good. If you're a bad person, then of course, it's going to just personify your ability to do more bad. It, It has nothing to do with you know, the individual or nothing to do with the money itself. It's it's that sort of thing. So there's putting a your passion into, you know, something you love and not thinking about money as the result, but thinking of a different like different result, like something more to to your core values, I think.
0: I I love it. And when you are making your yummy, yummy products, which I am like slowly discovering all the different ones, because my my first favorite was uh your cream cheese one with the jalapeno lemon and now I'm like in love with the buttery spread which just blew me away when like I could just like eat it like by spoonfuls which is terrible but probably not terrible.
1: (laughs) No it's actually pretty good it's not so bad yeah.
0: So how do you create your flavors out of curiosity?
1: Yeah they usually come from my
0: Use Rebels. what
1: you have. No, I'm might, might use what you have, but I'm also obsessed with um plant healing, plant medicine, mm-hmm. um, those adaptogens and like weird, weird stuff like mushrooms or pine pollen or those sorts of more medicinal ingredients wow. I'm obsessed with. So I always try to think, especially the farmers markets I love because I can make really weird flavors for people and Thanks. they love it that are, you know, we've done pine tip. With black plum. We've done like things that are more medicinal but still taste really good, but you're getting kind of this extra boost. Love it. um, From those sorts of things. So it comes from that and also just my love of intense, rich flavors and whole foods. If I see an ingredient that just, you know, a vegetable or something that just looks so bright and shiny, I can't resist it. I just love the way vegetables look. So it's very easy for me to get inspired um, by you know, just fresh ingredients in general.
0: I you know what I love about what you do, Melissa, is that you have this great opportunity to have a test market at your farmers markets too. Mm. Just sample these new innovative creations. And I, I I love that you look at the health aspect of how you use the word medicinal, which you wouldn't normally think of in yummy food. But I, I love that you do that. Now if people wanted to find at uh, which um, food markets and farmers markets you are at, where would they go?
1: Well, you can always check out the website. So, spreadumkitchen.com is a great resource that you know, just put in your postal code. Um, but we're now available nationally. So, you can find us at Superstore and Loblaws. You can find us at all the Whole Foods, Save On Foods, uh, Thrifty Foods, um, and lots of all almost every single independent from Bowen Island to Saskatchewan, to places in New Brunswick, to all over BC. um, Any independent grocer will have at least one or two of of our products and stuff.
0: I love it. And congratulations on all of that, Melissa. If our listener is wondering, and I can hear the questions they are asking, it's, well, how, how did you get into a retail space? What advice would you have for that listener?
1: Just be proud of your product and just kind of, I created these little bags so that they would taste it right away. So I put um, a couple of dips in a bag and then I put some veggie straws. I went to the dollar store and I just, they have all these like wedding type things there at the dollar store. So I found these little paper baskets that you fold. I put some veggie straws in there and a nice little card that I printed up that would say, introduce myself and talk about the product a little bit. And then I just went door knocking. I pounded the pavement on a bus or on my bicycle hard, like all the way to Coquidlam, all you know, and I got nose. I got lots of nose. I mean trying to get into Urban Fair was very difficult. I the the head office is like Delta or somewhere very difficult to get to if you don't have a car. And I took the bus there at least every two weeks. I dropped it off at the receptionist like every two weeks found out that the store buyer at first, I was kind of sad. I was like, Oh, I haven't heard back, but I'm, I like a challenge. I see it as an adventure, you know? So it doesn't really affect my, I, don't it, I, like, it, I never, I never questioned, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? It, I eventually learned that the lady who is the buyer for my category is, has a cashew allergy. And eventually someone else tried it and said, Hey, this tastes wow. so good. You know, you should bring this in, you know, uh, but I also looked at it as like, make friends. Make friends with the receptionists. Like, don't ignore them. You don't know who they know. Or, but even so, just they're the gatekeeper. It, it, but important. it also doesn't matter who who they know. But it also just it's like fun to meet people. You know, I always see it as um I had this really terrible job. It was selling debit visa mastercard um, plans. Uh, it was one hundred percent commission, and I used to have to. I get a, a territory and I used to have to go in and cold call these businesses. Wow. So this is where I'm sort of saying how my life led up to these experiences that helped me yes. build confidence to do something Absolutely. like that. And it was hundred percent commission. And so I just to had to like, just knock on people's doors and be like, Hey, do you want to buy this thing or switch your service or whatever? And one of the, the guy who was leading the teams, he used to always say, don't think about selling anything make five friends that's all you got to do just make five friends and so I I kind of like kept that
0: yeah I love that right and you get used to rejection as well and that it's okay resilience it's all good and what is that saying it takes seven touches sometimes to make a sale and Mm -hmm. and don't take it personally people have busy lives people might be allergic to cashews we don't know we don't
1: yeah we just don't know right and if you believe in what you're doing and if you're just passionate about it you'd be doing it anyway That's what makes it easier, I guess.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like I, when I finished um, my first university degree and I came out West to visit my parents, my dad's like, you know, you got to get a job. You can't just sit around. So I found a job and it was telemarketing. Like everybody hates telemarketers, but that was my summer job. And, you know, I was like, what am I selling? I'm selling a, a magazine that I've never read, but I quickly had to figure out something that I really believed in about the magazine because you can't sell something you don't agree with or believe in. And then I, I I went with that. Like I found something that I really liked and appreciated about that magazine. And then I I did so well because you either got paid hourly or on commission and I always got paid on commission. And I have a new love and appreciation for telemarketers. I still don't always answer, but but I know their pains. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You're not rude to them, at least. No, because you know it's hard, and they've been doing this for hours, and yeah, it's just a new appreciation. And I, I would love to end on, on uh, any tips that you would have for, for that entrepreneur who's saying, you know, I, I do have this great offering. It's a product or a service, but I, I don't have any know-how how to market and. And Melissa, I just learned this about you—that you did study marketing, which is incredible and awesome. And I, I always wish I had that, but I was a school teacher. And as my second degree was education, my first degree was uh, biomedical ethics and physiology because I thought I was going to be a, a children's doctor, but <laughs> I didn't. And yeah, that's so, amazing. So I'd love to know if for our listeners who are asking this question of. Okay, I have a tiny little budget. Do I even need to spend money? How do I tell people about what I have to offer? What would you say?
1: Well, I would say that there are a lot of resources in the city or in around BC, and I might... I might tap into a few of those to help get, get you grounded or help give you guidance because I mean, you could be just shooting blanks. You don't, you don't really know. And if you have a small budget, you don't quite want to do that. Like for me, it was the farmer's market was basically all the marketing I did. I didn't even really know how to use social media back then. It was all word of mouth marketing. So it was trying it. You have to taste the product for us. Um, And they were telling their friends, like I really didn't, I didn't do anything at that point. I was all just me getting people to taste it and then people would talk about it. Um, but I would find something like futurepreneur Canada has a ton of amazing resources on like if you if you need help kind of refining your business plan or figuring out your strategy. Because sometimes we have all these ideas and we just like everything's going every which way and you just kind of need help reining it in a little bit, mm. you know, and sort of take small steps to get to the bigger goal. Um, and accessing some small business BC stuff. Um, they have a lot of free things, but also low cost things too. So maybe if you want to learn a bit about, maybe you have a cool product, you have a, want to set up an online store and you want to ship to the States or you want to just open up shipping, but don't quite know how to do it. You can go there and for $30 or something, talk to a, like a professional for 30 minutes or, or something like that. And then once you've got your plan, I would say have, start out with a bit of a plan, before you just start spending money. Because if there's anything that I've learned over the years that you can waste money on, it's certainly marketing if you're not doing it in the right way. And sometimes you think you have to spend more than you do, um, especially if you're small. You really just want to focus on you know, direct-to-customer feedback and like getting people to try the product. So that would be my advice.
0: I love it. I love it. My last question, and we will go after this, is... Melissa, if you could talk to yourself when you were 18, what is that one great advice that you would have told that younger version of yourself?
1: Oh, I would say trust the process. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's all going to work out. You you don't always see the full plan unfolding. So just like wherever you are and whatever you're doing, don't worry. It's if you're not where as successful or where you you want to be right now, it's coming for you. And it's just part of your journey and your process. And you're, you're building something now, you know, so just don't, don't worry, just keep doing what you're doing, I guess, without the sadness or
0: the fear. I love it. I love it. You've you've said so many great tips and strategies. And I, I, you know, from the, the use what you got to, to just going for it, like to trust yourself and, and don't be so hard on yourself. Just go for it. And it's okay. It's okay to, to not be successful right away, but try it, go for it. I love it. Melissa, you are inspiring and just so lovely. And I will have your website and everything in our show notes. And I just want to say thank you with all my heart for Thank you so much for
1: having me. Thank you. It's been a great talk. Thank you so much.
0: And listeners, thank you for joining us. And I am so grateful for you. And please do check out Spread And they are in pretty much every uh, grocery store that you can walk into. And so good and so delicious. And thank you, Melissa, for sharing something so healthy and yummy with all of us. Thank you. Pleasure. (laughs) Bye for now.